Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is Chloe Brotheridge, your host. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution, and also of Brave New Girl, which is coming on the 2nd of May, 2019, and it's available for pre-order now. And Brave New Girl is all about becoming your most confident self and overcoming the people-pleasing that holds so many of us back, the self-doubt, the imposter syndrome, the perfectionism, and the feeling that we have to say yes to everything. And it's really a book that empowers you to end people-pleasing and discover the power of no and become your most confident self. It's available to pre-order on Amazon, the audiobook is on Audible, and you can pre-order it in Waterstones as well. And if you feel like you're going to buy this book, please do pre-order it because it massively helps with helping the book to get up there in the book charts. So this week, I'm talking to Marilyn Kaskula, and she's the founder of Milky Moon Lab, which is an incubator for the next generation of leaders. And she's all about teaching cyclical living. And that just basically means living in accordance with the cycles, whether that's the seasons, whether that's your female hormonal cycle, whether that is the cycles of the moon. So this podcast, although an aspect of it is about the female cycle, if you don't have a cycle, then you will also gain benefits from this episode, whether or not you are in a relationship with someone with a cycle or just knowing that you are affected by the seasons and the moon. And so you still are affected by those other cycles as well. And Marilyn does individual coaching. She does workshops, which is where I met her at one of her talks. And she also has a bi-monthly moon letter, which she'll tell you about at the end of this episode. So we talk about why we are so out of balance. And I mean, who else feels like they're out of balance? Whether it's within their hormones, whether it's when there's a full moon, things can seem a bit off at different times of year. We also talk about how to live in accordance with your cycle And it's really interesting to get into this because, you know, barely any of us have been raised to recognise that we even have cycles, let alone learning how to live in accordance with them. And so it's really about recognising that at different times of the month, we're going to feel different and thinking about what we should do at different times of the month, you know, that will be the most beneficial things to do at those times. So sometimes we're going to feel more tired, sometimes we're going to have more energy and it's really looking at living in accordance with that. We also talk about PMS because this is just a massive issue for so many women. And we talk about the moon and how the moon impacts us. And I've been really curious about the moon over the last couple of years, just from the amount of people that tell me that they are impacted by it. So let's get into the episode with Marilyn from Milky Moon Lab. So welcome, Marilyn. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? 
I'm pretty well, but as I told you before, I'm quite late in my own cycle, so hopefully my thoughts are going to make any sense <laughs> for yeah. other people. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they will. You're very, um, you're amazing when I came to see you speak a few weeks ago, so I think you won't disappoint. Oh, um, thank you. Can you tell us what it is that you do exactly and, and how you came to do this work? Mm. So I, I'm the founder of Milky Moon Lab, which is... Uh, I always struggle to kind of find a word how to describe it really. It's um, it's sort of like a lab or like an um, organization or a project which uh, works with cyclical living, cyclical living and, and working really, and kind of explores um, how we can do that. And also the other branch what I'm working with under this is um, exploring the balance between feminine and masculine energy. So we all have both of those strands of energy in each and every one of us. So how we can balance um, just those natural different energies and cycles and patterns and rhythms within us. And the tools what I'm using and which also have been evolving over time is the menstrual cycle awareness um, moon mapping, which is um, studying the moon phases and um, different signs moon is um, Kind of churning through and different houses so it's kind of in a way it's astrology um but in a way it's kind of just really studying the patterns of the cosmos or natural world around us and uh some other aspects what i'm always keeping in mind as well is the seasonal wheel so seasonal cycles circadian rhythms so day and night and how does it affect us etc so we're all really individuals and, and that's kind of the main kind of key aim of Milky Moon Lab is really to help people to find their flow and find their own, own pace, really, in life. Wow, it's, it's fascinating to me. Can you explain what you mean when you talk about the masculine and feminine energy? I think most people think, because you're a woman, you have mm. feminine energy, men have masculine energy, but actually we both have both. Exactly, exactly. So what I mean by that is really, it's much more sort of universal, um, universal characteristics, so to say, of those energies. So each, each of us, we have both of, of those sort of um, energies within us, like we said. Um, the masculine characteristics are more um, goal-oriented, action-oriented, very focused, um, more kind of a doer. Yeah, like more like a doer and fighter and just very kind of like outward focus. Whereas the feminine characteristics are much more inward focus. So it's more like receiving, slowing down, um, just being rather than doing. Um, more kind of introspection, reflection, um, in intuition is a really strong feminine characteristic. So all in all, I could say... With masculine, we talk about kind of this, you know, Chinese like young, young energy, and it is more like outward action, and the feminine is in energy, which is the receiving, inward, introspective action. It's it's really interesting. I think people might have heard of that from yoga. You think of Yin yoga that is very restorative and slow, and about being very present with the movements, and then a more Yang yoga practice might be vinyasa flow where you're you know, speedily moving through these very sort of 
high intensity movements or ashtanga okay ashtanga <laughs> i don't yeah i don't think i've tried that one probably for a reason i only like yin yoga because mm. i need to probably be more of my feminine same here <laughs> yeah because is that is that a typical imbalance because it's something i've heard before that often women are too much in that masculine because we're goal goal focused we're on the go all the time we're we're ticking things off our to-do lists and not really slowing down Exactly. That is exactly the point, and that is the main reason why I really created Milky Moon Lab. Because um, during my corporate job, I, I saw so clearly how the women who were working in this company were were so in their masculine. There was nothing feminine left anymore. And also during my own entrepreneurial years before that, and and during that job, I realized that I myself. I'm so in my masculine mode all the time as well. And really when you start then observing people around you, with women around you, we are very much in, in our masculine. We're, we're almost afraid to be in our feminine because we, we somehow feel we lose the grounding. So being in the masculine at this point of time, it's almost, we believe it's our safety net. We need to be in the game, um, you know, compete with a pace what is around us. Um, and uh, especially living in cities. So I'm back in London and and in a city like London, most of the women are very much struggling with getting back into the feminine because the whole energy is so overwhelming around us. And we pick up a lot because the, the feminine, what we're talk, talking about, is very, we receive a lot of energy from kind of external environment and other people. And therefore, because we receive so much of this masculine energy, it's very hard for us to actually um, kind of change our habits and become more feminine because we're completely sort of engulfed in this masculine energy all the time. So especially when we are not connected to nature, when we can't go into the nature, we can't really follow our own um, sort of energetical pattern. It's very easy to get stuck in this masculine mode. And the men... Are men too much in their masculine as well? Do men need to tune into their feminine on the whole, would you say? Or is that not the case? Um, I think, to be honest, I think each man is different. And it's not so much about them turning into their feminine, but understanding what a true true masculine means. And the true masculine is not really something which is um, goal-oriented and action-oriented while sort of killing every everyone and everything on their way. The true masculine or, or kind of like divine masculine or sacred masculine, whichever way you want to call it, it's very much actually still in touch with their kind of inner being and finding this balance between receiving and creating, but then doing as well. So I think for men, it's really important to kind of actually get this inspiration from the feminine, from the kind of feminine energy in their life, from other people who are actually maybe female, but to really find their own way of how to kind of be masculine in the way what nurtures them. Okay, so the, the masculinity has kind of become more negative or it's become out of balance somehow? I think, I think nothing is really negative or positive yeah. um, because there is no, you know, it's just is how it is right now but we definitely we need healing especially the masculine and and this is it's actually i'm really glad that you brought it up because with milky moon lab um one of my main aims 
or missions from the beginning was not to just work with women because as you know especially here in London we have a lot of women's gatherings and women's circles and and um, you know different kind of support um, organizations and, and groups and communities for women but there's far less for men and I really feel like men need the support as well and somehow even more than we do not even not more than we do but because we already start creating this kind of foundation for ourselves you know we we start rebuilding the sisterhood but men have very very little of this available right now so with Milky Moon Lab I really feel it's as important to work with men and masculinity as with women and we'll talk maybe a bit more about that when we talk about the moon mm -hmm. in a minute and how men are maybe affected by the moon but I'm wondering, I mean, what does it mean to, to live by our cycles or to tune into our cycles? What does mm. that actually mean? Well, living by the cycles is really breathing together with the universe. So for me, it really seems like humans are the only species who have sort of working against the natural laws and we think often that we know better, but actually we're just such a little, you know, we're just a drop in the ocean and we can't really create our own way of living, which is disconnected from everything else around us. And for some reason, this disconnect has happened, you know, over the last decades or centuries. And, and I think it's time to align ourselves with this cosmic breath or this, this rhythm again, because we can't actually, as we see, you know, we are, we're just, ew. we're so deep in this culture, burnout, culture of stress. Um, people are having, you know, breakdowns left and right. And it's, it's really like, you know, not, not many of us are living a really fulfilled, happy, healthy um, life. And I think a really big reason for this is exactly that we are trying to kind of have our own way but not the way which is understanding and aligned with these energetical patterns. So what the cyclical living or cyclical work really means is first of all, understanding what those patterns are, um, what sort of patterns or rhythms or cycles we can use, um, how they work and uh, understanding because it's so individual. So really understanding how do those different layers, how they impact you as an individual. And the really key message here is as an individual, because we're all unique and, um, you know, no, bo no body and no kind of energetical being is the same. So the whole idea of cyclical living is really tapping into your own self-awareness and finding those ways to understand those patterns for yourself. So you can find ways how to actually you know, be more in ease and be more um, sort of safe in this world, really. Um, and whichever tools, you know, anyone wants to use, either it's the menstrual cycle awareness, because that's a very personal one for women, or um, learning about the moon phases and just starting with this, or um, if somebody wants to go deeper and really understand their birth chart and how all these planets interact and how the the moon kind of goes through their 
person or different size and houses and so on. So you can really go as deep or take it as light as you want. But there are so many different cycles we can work with. So it's just kind of understanding that we're not here on our own, but there are a lot of different different kind of cyclical energies. Um, what we should think of or or what we could use as maps or blueprints for making our own lives easier rather than trying to swim against the current all the time and thinking why we're struggling and why we're tired. I think it's something that people are more and more aware of. I feel like even in the last two years or even less than that, people are talking about it more with apps like Natural Cycles and Clue and Moody Month, three that I've heard of. Um, and I've noticed for my female clients, they're telling me more and more about how they've noticed they're more anxious before their period. Mm. And I never, people never used to mention that before. Almost mm. like we were disconnected from even knowing that, that was the case. Mm. Maybe because people didn't track their cycles or... And I'm just thinking about how we're not educated as women in any way about what it actually means to have these hormone levels go up and down. I'm sure in science we learn about the follicular phase or however you say it, and the luteal phase and things. I can remember the diagrams from school. But you never learn, actually, this is how you might feel at this time of the month, mm -hmm. and this is why, and this hormone does does this to how you feel. And we need to have that education, don't we? Because so many of us, I think I had quite a few messages when I um, posted about this on Instagram, asking for questions for you about what a curse, you know, the monthly period is and how it's the bane of our lives. But actually there is a, you know, a lot of it, I don't know what you think about this. The language that we use around it probably makes it much worse than it is. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And actually, there's such beauty in this phase. And I know for a lot of people, maybe who listen, it's quite hard to grasp at the moment because we're all really struggling. You know, a lot of people are really struggling with this phase. And I definitely don't want to um, sort of say, you know, all these physical symptoms and mental symptoms and, and challenges are not valid. They definitely are. But um, um, I would say the premenstrual phase is the most exciting and one of the most important times, really, in our monthly cycle. Um, in in a, you know, some um, sort of schools or some sort of organizations, we, all the phases have different metaphors. So, for example, one way of looking at it is we name the phases so there are four phases and they're named by the seasons and the premenstrual phase is called the inner autumn and really when you think about the autumn in nature it is a time of you know the summer is gone the energy is sort of going down and it's a bit of like confusing time because you know everything is sort of decaying a little bit and just kind of dying down and we still want to keep on going but actually the energy is really slowing down and we're sort of supposed to prepare for winter and all these colors around us, which which sort of reflect or mirror the different moods, what we might experience at that time. So for me, inner autumn is really a beautiful metaphor for the premenstrual phase, um, because autumn, you know, you can get autumn storms and you can get beautiful Indian summer. So it can go either way. But a lot of women are definitely very much struggling with that time, and and myself included, and. Um, what I would say is one thing what is most important to explore at this time is 
what do you need? Because in the other phases, so when we talk about um, post-bleeding or ovulation, we're actually very much in our masculine. So our sort of internal lights are dimmed and we are not so focused on our own needs and our own inner kind of workings, but we're more focused on outside and how we can like, you know, push our work externally and we're much more social, etc. Whereas what happens after the ovulation, um, during this inner autumn phase, the premenstrual phase, is our energy is going down. So the, the really physical energy is diminishing big time. And um, we are getting much more permeable. So we actually start sort of receiving or, um, you know, feeling much more of this external energy, what we talked about. So if we have a lot of masculine energy around us, we really feel it at that time. And at the same time, often we don't really think about our, like, you know, when we think about a monthly schedule or a calendar or different tasks we have to do, a lot of us kind of fail to create some sort of space around that period. We still want to keep on going with the same pace, what we normally have. And what that means is we actually forget our own needs because the body really needs to slow down at that point. The, the mind get, gets more scattered. And what happens is we might get really um, upset with ourselves because we think we should be in our you know, like full intellectual, logical way of thinking, be able to still socialize, be able to you know, present, pitch, do everything what we're doing. But actually because our mind is really needing to go into this void, the mind is really preparing for winter and the body as well, everything is slowing down. We want to fight against it. And this is what creates a lot of anxiety and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of kind of mental um, symptoms, what we might feel, irritability, uh, being emotional, etc., etc., because we're not actually aligned with what our body and um, kind of energy needs at that time. So it's because we're fighting against the way things are that creates that frustration and that anxiety and feeling unsettled. Exactly. Because oftentimes we don't even know what we need because our needs have been so repressed for such a long time. And uh, actually knowing what we need and asking our needs to be met is something so foreign for us at that time, especially as women, because we are just sort of our innate desire is to serve or you know, we feel so responsible for doing our best job all the time. So to actually put our foot down and say, no, I need space or no, I do it in a week. It's so foreign for us, especially when we talk about, you know, going to your boss and saying, no, I'll do it next week. It almost seems incomprehensible. But this is something what I think the whole society has to learn to do at some point, because we need to get back to our cyclical, you know, we need to honor our cyclical way of being. This is, this is really something we need to explore as women to just understand again, get back to honoring our needs and learning to communicate them. So might that look like letting your partner, for example, know what your needs are at that time of the month? Exactly. I'm smiling because this is like the, <laughs> the monthly argument that I have with my boyfriend about, he just doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. I think he, I think he takes it personally if I'm a bit irritable. And I try to explain to him, you know, it's not you, 
it's just, you know, I'm experiencing some PMS, some strong PMS right now. And I try and explain that to him and I try and say, you know, I just need to be on my own right now. Or something. I think that does help. But what can people do in terms of partners at that time or bosses? Is it literally about saying to your boss, sorry, I can't do the pitch because I've got my period or, or get, I'm in my autumn? Is that what you'd recommend? I mean, that would be amazing if we could do that. But yeah. I absolutely understand that we might not be in that point yet. And it really depends where you work. I'm sure some companies are pretty open for that, but some places are definitely not. So you really have to kind of find your own way or, um, you know, start cautiously, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, relationships, that is such a good topic because honestly, I'm struggling with this and I'm really learning every single month how to do it better. And I probably, I probably suck big time. Um, and uh, what is interesting here, what I just learned actually recently is like, we, I think it's a, quite a feminine, um, feminine characteristics, maybe not to, we just feel like we don't w- really want to explain ourselves or we don't really want to explain what we feel or what we're going through to our partners because we just want them to understand or pick things up from the air you know we just want them to read our thoughts just be mind reading exactly not much to us don't you just know how i feel like don't you just see it (laughs) like just be quiet right like that's that's what i feel at all times and i'm you know i'm from estonia where we don't speak much we're very quiet people so having this kind of conversation is incredibly hard and what it what then happens is it actually builds up a lot of resentment because the women or um you know myself for example if i if i really take my own relationship as an example i the resentment starts coming up because i i just think like he doesn't really understand what i need at that time or you know doesn't it just pick it up that i'm feeling this or that way and and if we don't actually explain things how would they know and this is exactly where we have to start kind of playing with this feminine and masculine energy because what men need is just a very clear way of explaining to them what you feel what do you need and why do you need it and this is this is it but it comes as it, it's so hard for us as women because when we are we are women we often pick up from each other's energy so we don't really need to sort of communicate verbally that much because we just feel our energy fields and we, we sort of know how to you know work each other almost whereas with the kind of male-female relationship in the partnership it's it's very different situation and we really have to learn how to sort of speak their language rather than think that we can be with them like with our girlfriends and i think that's you know that's one thing uh and it just makes the relationships so much easier if we would be able to do that and just be you know instead of like building up the resentment and then just lashing out at some point and being super irritable for a week we could actually say hey you know i really feel so tired and i probably didn't take enough care of myself for the last three weeks so that's why it's even even worse this month so i can't really do much of social interaction or i just need a space i just need 10 minutes to just relax and you know meditate or be on my own and, and journal or do something and maybe you can cook tonight you know that'd be really great because i just feel like i'm super tired you know 
just explain it that way um, rather than sort of be irritable if they don't do what they, they we think they should be doing. Yeah, I think I definitely get the kind of, I wanted you to enter the dishwasher, but you didn't empty it. I didn't ask you to do it, but you should have done it. <laughs> and then like having an argument about that. Anyway, I'm going to be better at asking, asking for things. Someone once told me that we, in that time before art period, if we've kind of kept things inside, if we've not spoken up about things, or if we haven't, as you said, taken care of ourselves, it's almost as like it all comes up to the surface in that kind of week before our period. Mm. Almost as if it kind of just like overflows eventually in like a volcano of anger or irritation or whatever. Is that what is happening then if we're not, it's like exactly it gets stored up and then released? Exactly, exactly. Um, I always say that during our inner autumn on the, or the premenstrual phase, we stop being the diplomats because most of the time we're pretty good in keeping the lead on and just sort of repress, repressing our feelings and you know thinking, okay, what is best for other people and really being these communicators and negotiators and so on. And women are really good in that. Um, whereas during the inner autumn, because our work is really turning inwards, um, the sort of external masks and the external buffer, it goes away. And frankly, oftentimes you just you just don't want to give a shit about other people at that time you just really want to focus on yourself and because of that we it's like you can't it's almost involuntary you know you can't keep it repressed anymore you can't keep it your feelings suppressed and and we're very you know what i said before about permeability that we become very permeable so it kind of goes both ways it goes with your receive a lot of information and we feel a lot but we also don't have this kind of mask or layer what keeps the feelings in so it's very easy at that time to just not be able to you know keep your mouth shut and you just lash out so yeah i'm wondering if there are almost benefits to this because i think if we can reframe it in a different way it's what i try and do for myself just to think, right, this is coming up to be healed. This mm. is this is a sign that I need to pay attention to this. I need to do something differently. Am I taking care of myself enough in the, in the month? Am I expressing my needs enough? And can we start to see it in that way? Absolutely. And that's why I'm really saying that this is such a beautiful time because it's almost a mirror. It's a mirror of our own life because we can't as we can't repress anything, like you say, a lot of things, a lot of feelings, everything comes up at that time. So it's really this beautiful time where we can really have a clear, have a very close look at what works and what doesn't in our life. And really, I wouldn't say it's a great time to take any radical steps and don't really break up with your boyfriend or, you know, tell your child to whatever, you know, don't, don't do anything <laughs> drastic, dramatic and radical, but it's a great time to have a look at that time what is kind of going on and how how do you feel about certain things in your life because really what comes up is a truth it's a truth for you and anyone who says like you're an angry bitch or whatever fine but this is your truth still right so yes definitely it's a good thing because we need to explore more about more of like our anger and we need to take 
I guess the key here is really not to build up resentment and not to just lash out in anger, but really take personal responsibility uh, for our feelings. And, and even if it's anger or anything um, kind of quite traumatic and emotional, what comes up, how, how can we take personal resp responsibility for this? And actually, um, you know, sort of channel it or heal it in a healthy way. And this is exactly where this communication part, what we talked about before, how do we communicate with a partner rather than being resentful and, and thinking like they should just pick things up themselves, um, it comes into play very strongly. Um, because yes, it's fine to be angry, but at the same time, there needs to be a kind of healthy way how to channel this and not to just lash out on other people. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any specific advice for people who really struggle with PMS? Because I've got quite a few messages about those people that say they get seriously depressed or really negative around that time. It's a very good question. And one thing what I would definitely say is I'm not a doctor. So if somebody has very serious symptoms, either physically or mentally, definitely go and see someone. Find a healer, find a therapist, find somebody to talk to. Just even talk with your girlfriends, just share share as much as you can and there's so many people so many women who have the same problem so you're definitely not alone i think that's a really important kind of point to make and we should really talk more about this because i think oftentimes we also we, we just feel so alone with our problems so when we share them we will find other people who can share you know share our challenges and, and share our joys it, it just makes it so much easier already but definitely, if there is anything serious going on and you feel you can't really cope, definitely find someone to to help. And with Milky Moon Lab, we're just creating um, Milky Moon Mentor Circle, which is going to be almost like a library of different therapists and healers and practitioners and consultants. And that should be a helpful um, sort of database or resource as well, where women we can send women or we can send anyone to get further advice and support I think the talking about it is really important because at the event that I came to of yours mm. we all went round in the group and shared our experiences and it was amazing hearing from other people because I'm not, I might talk about it a bit with my friends but not really mm. and it was amazing just to have that space just to talk about things and everyone had quite different experiences but a lot of very similar threads and a lot of similar experiences as well and just knowing that you're not alone, I think, is just very powerful. It is. It is. And also, because, as I said before, we're all, we're all so unique and we all have um, different tools what might help us. But the other, people, um, the other people's experiences and stories, and it might really open up something for us. So when we keep sharing, when we keep kind of telling those stories, it's incredibly powerful because you never know how it might... Um, impact somebody else and I think if you think of um, you know in the old days we all we actually women came together during their bleeding time and they were just sitting around the fire for example and they were just telling stories and just sharing we have almost like lost that so I think the recent search of different women's circles and gatherings it's incredibly important because the more we come together and share and tell stories it actually um yeah it just 
it helps us and it can really it really brings back the message that you're never on your own you're never on your own you're always supported and somebody always has a similar journey and similar experience what can really help you so i think that's one of the kind of first steps to really take just start sharing and when you say kind of in the old days do you mean when we were in tribes people would mm. like the red tent i've heard about the red mm. tent but i'm not 100 percent sure what it is yeah it's such a beautiful thing and and that was very much my kind of portal to get into the whole subject really because um I was reading this amazing book uh, called Her Blood is Gold and it's uh, written by Lara Owen and it was exactly about um, how different traditions in really different parts of the globe they were really honouring the feminine cycle and the menstrual cycle and the bleeding time was incredibly sacred um, and like holy time for the whole tribe really not just for women but also for men and during that time all the women um, when women were bleeding and actually they were bleeding it was much more synchronized at that time because they were living in such close contact with nature and each other so the old bleeding time actually it was like they're all like bleeding together pretty much which is not really happening in our modern society but at that time they gathered together and they had a little hut somewhere outside the village or outside the kind of normal inhabitant of the tribe and they went there and they were just sitting there sharing stories tuning in taking care of themselves doing whatever they needed to do at that time and they didn't have to cook they didn't have to like take care of the other work of the tribe at that time because that was really their time to receive the guidance uh, for the old tribe not not just for themselves but for the old tribe because this is a time when we have the closest contact, so to say, to the our spiritual being. And that's why our body really wants to slow down. And that's why our mind gets so scattered, because it's our natural response to sort of be able to receive more. It, our like body doesn't really want us to go outside, take action, do this and that, like anything what we do in our everyday life. It just really wants us to sit and receive. And that's what the women were doing. And that's what the red tent really is. The tent where, or the kind of place where women went to bleed together. So during our period, we should be taking more rest and maybe being on our own more or being with other women. And perhaps we're more intuitive at that time, would you say? Absolutely, 100%. And... This is one of the things I really share. If you, for example, if you create something or if you run a business, it is as important to take this time to intuitively um, strategize. So really intuitively, like tune into your own wisdom and think, not, not actually think, but feel what should the next steps be. Because we are so used to just take action without really feeling into this and without really knowing that what is the right thing to do but our body already knows so that time the bleeding time is incredibly powerful if you run any business or do any kind of work which requires you to sort of uh, create your own strategy really or think how you can grow and expand um 
this is a time what we really need to take in order to in order to grow in a sustainable way and i liked i think i heard you describe it once as that's the uh, the winter time mm. and it's about getting cozy and you know staying inside and staying warm and snuggling up and strategizing and being intuitive exactly exactly it's the inner winter um and it's definitely not the time when i would say like you know be behind your screen and create business plans and and some sort of bullet pointed list definitely not for that it's really just sitting and receiving information with any format they would come you know because we get a lot of just downloads from the universe at that time and if you miss them it's just incredibly sad because they would be very useful for us most of the time and not just for kind of our individual benefit but really it helps us to share our gifts and share whatever we need to sort of give to our society and community and, and uh, the earth really so it's almost like it's almost like a act we do for the whole humankind and all the beings here not just for ourselves it's our responsibility really and then just to complete the cycle so in the spring and the summer that's the time before ovulation and a kind of ovulation time and that's when we've got more energy and more that's when we're more in our masculine so we can be doing more we can be doing the pitches we can be socializing a lot and making the most of that that time during that period of our cycle exactly. and then slowing down for the autumn and the winter exactly so we can really we can really look at it as two waves so the wave up you know, more like masculine wave like you said it is starting post bleeding and yes it's called inner spring so really if you think of spring as well you know it's a very kind of awakening and freshness and the leaves are coming out and the birds are sort of chirping away again and it's a very sort of fresh and, and nice kind of playful time so it really gives us sort of a mirror or a metaphor for what's happening with within us as well at the time and i would say don't jump out from the winter too quickly because a lot of times we're gonna to want to just get going too quickly but it's still quite a fragile time as well so actually we should still be sort of in a more like nurturing um nurturing mode and and really just take things a bit slower still at that time but then when we do move towards the ovulation and then our peak the the summer inner summer um yeah that's definitely the best time because we have a lot of energy at that time so this is really where our physical energy peaks and where our mind is the most kind of clear and we can really articulate very clearly and we have most confidence and um we're most kind of motivated to work with our people and to put our work there. So use the time, really use the time. But um, in order to use it in a most effective way, I really invite everyone to take the time during the inner winter because I've experienced it myself. The more time I can actually take during the inner winter, during the bleed, the, mo the more effective and productive and creative and confident I am during the inner summer so it's really it almost doubles what I can do at the time when I when I have some sort of break when I really took care of myself during my bleed or before that yeah so I suppose the invitation for people to look at their diary or look at their period tracking app and just to maybe plan in things in accordance with the cycle so more activity in the 
in the first two weeks and then less in the second two weeks, basically. Exactly. And don't worry, nobody's perfect. So don't beat yourself up if it's not working out. I'm still learning as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, What about for women that are on the pill or who are um, post-menopausal or going through the menopause? Do they still have a cycle? Is it just that they're affected by the moon? How, How does that impact? Well, in my opinion, we still do keep an internal cycle. But it is very different because for women on the pill, it's not the natural cycle, it's hormone induced. So I would recommend really finding your own way with everything really. It's, it's just about finding your own way. So everything what I say about the inner winter or inner summer, you really need to um, find your own wisdom about this. But um, what I would say with with women on the pill or postmenopause, I usually use the moon mapping because this is something much more universal that everyone can access and everyone can use. So you can really look at the faces of the moon as having your own internal personal cycle. So, for example, the new moon, it um, it's kind of a parallel of the bleeding time. And the full moon is the same as the ovulation or like the inner summer. So you can really work with the same sort of cycle as the moon. And actually, the moon cycle and the average menstrual cycle, they have exactly the same length. So it's kind of perfect, really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I have got a moon tracking app. Well, I don't know if it's moon tracking, but it tells you what the moon is up to, Um, which is quite interesting. And one of the things that I remember from the session that I came to the, the talk that you gave was there were some women there who were police women who said people are acting up on the full moon it's not you know it's not a myth that this happens it's a fact and I've heard I've heard this from a lot of people that actually on the full moon I don't want to say crazy because it's not I don't know the right thing to say well it's the word where the word lunatic comes from lunar um I don't know if you told me that probably but maybe we're more unbalanced, we're more um, emotional during a full moon. Is there something to that? There's definitely something to that. Okay. And um, I think what happens during the full moon is there's a lot of energy around. It's almost like the street lights are on in full force and everything is illuminated. And there's a lot of energy around us, a lot of energy we're picking up from other people. And sometimes it can be quite overwhelming. So the reason why it can also make people more emotional and more kind of, well, you know, like we just don't really even know what's going on is because the energy can be too overwhelming for a lot of us. Um, And during the full moon, it's incredibly important to find ways to actually ground yourself, but also still ride the wave and enjoy it because it is a great time for being more social and being more outward. But I've heard it from a lot of people. I I told this story during the workshop I did where what you attended as well, that one of my friends who is a yoga teacher and runs a yoga studio, she says she can track the moon exactly by the number of people who come to the yoga classes. So for example, during the full moon, the class is usually full. And during the new moon, there's just, you know, a few people here and there. So it's definitely, um, you know, there's definitely something to it. Okay, so during the full moon, that's like the 
more of the ovulation time, mm-hmm. if you can you want to think of it that way, where we have more energy, more capacity to do things. And then the new moon, when we should be slowing down, resting, taking care of ourselves more. Exactly, exactly. For example, for me, I, I very much feel a um, few days before the new moon, what we call the dark moon. So it's a time when there's almost nothing in the sky to be seen. There's It's just days of really dark nights. And it's almost, it is very much like premenstrual time, really, when we can feel very low energy physically and we feel very much in the void. So, and it is a complete opposite from the full moon time when we feel very much kind of full of energy and wanting to be social and wanting to be with our people and almost like overwhelming um, energy. I think I heard someone describe it as um, the moon has enough power to create the tides on the earth, so it affects water. And we are, are we 70% water? Or Something like that, yeah. More than that. We're, we're largely water, so that could explain why it affects us. Mm. We just, it affects the water in our bodies, potentially. Mm, absolutely. What about men? Do men get affected by the moon? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we're all... We're all human beings, we're all here on Earth, so I wouldn't see why women would be the only ones affected. And, and definitely have quite a few male friends who are even more affected by the moon than women, to be honest. And I would say the, the people who are more affected by the journey of the moon are probably the people whose moon sign is Cancer. It goes very astrological, but there are different... Like it really depends when you're born and where your moon where the moon was when you were born and when your moon was in a certain sign we talk a lot about sun signs usually when we talk about astrology but actually the moon sign is as important so when you know where the moon is when you were born you can actually find out how how does this affect you so it's incredibly interesting and for example if we talk about cancer as a zodiac sign for the people whose moon was in Cancer when they were born, and if you look at the, the kind of astrological way of storytelling, the Cancer is actually governed by the moon, and those people are incredibly affected by the moon. Whether it's new moon or full moon or different different kind of signs or houses, they are really affected. So in that sense, it doesn't even matter if you're a woman or a man. Um, I guess maybe why we have this sort of conception that it affects women more than men is because we are innately actually lunar so our menstrual cycle is it is related to the the lunar cycle um but also because we are actually as we talked before the feminine characteristics is very much about receiving so we do feel much more what is going on around us what sort of energies are going on around us so that's the reason why it might, might affect women or people who have more feminine energy more. Whereas I think also because the masculine um, in our current society, or like they, it's very hard for them to really express what they feel. So a lot of this is repressed as well. So even if they, they might feel the cyclical changes, um, which are like affected by the moon they don't really communicate it and that's why we just don't know that's interesting that's really interesting 
I might start asking my boyfriend <laughs> and seeing if he gets affected by the moon. I need to, I've never actually checked. He's definitely more grumpy on some days than the other, on other days, so I wonder if... <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, men have cycles too. We yeah. all have cycles. It's not just yeah. us women, but it's just the, the female cycle is quite well-studied and uh, you know, visible mm. In, mm. in that sort of way. But men definitely have cycles. Uh, this is a part what I'm very interested in to explore more as well, like what sort of cycles men have. I think scientists are still researching that, so it's a big question mark. <laughs> yeah, gosh, that's really interesting. Wow. Okay. Well, I think we've covered a lot, and that's been really, really helpful. I think I'm definitely going to be trying to slow down more during the autumn and the winter. Although next week I'm going on a quite an intense like personal development course, and it's not going to be chilled out at all <laughs> when I should be chilling out but next, the month after that I'm going to try um, and I think you know if we can try and see it as a positive thing mm. that it's bringing stuff up to heal try and slow down more at certain times and focus on doing at other times then we can be more in balance more in tune with nature more in tune with nature I think that's the essence of it we're so removed from nature and we wonder why we feel like crap Absolutely, because the whole point is nature is just not the tree in the park. We are nature as well. Mm. Mm. So we can find this nature within us. Yeah, we are nature. I went to another talk the other day that said, I was talking about nature relatedness, which is how much you feel a part of nature. And the more you feel a part of nature, the happier you are, the more intelligent you are, mm. the more, more effective you are. So it's something to cultivate, just that idea of reminding ourselves that we are a part of nature we're not separate we're not machines um we're part of nature too exactly and i think it's what we all need is belonging and for a long time we haven't really felt that we belong anywhere and i think the time has really come to really find the safety in belonging again and the way we find this is through coming together um, as groups and gathering and and belonging to these communities and also feeling and aligning to the nature again so we actually feel like we're belonging to this world rather than being separate so yeah it's beautiful amazing thank you so much can you tell us where people can find out more about you and what you do yes absolutely so um my website is currently in development, so hopefully it's going to go up pretty soon. But if you go on milkymoonlab.com right now, you can still sign up to the moon letters. So every new and full moon, I'll kind of tap into the energy, the cosmic energy, and um, write this kind of guidance, sort of little article which just comes through and a lot of people really, really love it. So I definitely encourage to sign up for this. So it's kind of a guidance for the next moon cycle, really. And uh, we're doing a lot of events actually as well now, um, which have just launched recently. So we're doing moon labs, regular moon labs every month in London. We're also launching a new series, which is Beauty and Wellness, which is then tapping into the cyclical way um, of looking beauty and wellness. Um, and we're doing different kind of one-off workshops where we invite different healers and teachers globally to share their knowledge. And we're doing a weekend with Kim Robinson, who's coming from Santa Fe. We're doing a jade egg workshop. So it's a lot of a lot of different activities and um, 
exciting things happening and i'm also launching online courses um in a couple of months as well so keep tuned amazing amazing definitely i'm going to sign up for those emails thank you so much for talking to me thank you chloe it was a pleasure so thank you so much for listening i really hope you enjoyed this episode and you took something helpful from it come and let me know over on instagram you can find me at chloe brotheridge and you can find marilyn at milky moon lab that's milky spelt m-y-l-k-y And if you like this episode, please do think about if there's a friend that could benefit from it and consider sharing it with them. And it would be really, really helpful if you could leave me a rating and a review if you're listening on iTunes or on your iPhone, because it helps us to spread the word about the podcast, helps other people to discover it and to subscribe to it. So please leave me a review and make sure you're subscribed. So thank you so much. I'm sending you loads of love and wishing you a great week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 